All right, what's up, guys? What's up, Philadelphia? Welcome back to another episode of Scotty Talks Philly Sports. Uh, as you can see, I'm back here with my main man, Willie. Uh, you know, my main co-host. Happy to get him back on the show. We're going to recap this, uh, you know, disappointing loss to the Steelers. Um, it's it's hard for me to call it disappointing because I, I, I got a, a, quite a few good, good takes from it. Um, but overall, you know, that, that, that those holes in the linebacker position is it's undeniable and that, that does cause for concern going forward. But uh, we'll, we'll dig into all of that, recap that game in, in full perspective. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of just talk about the state of the division. Uh, you know, obviously not, you know, there's no good teams in the, in the NFC East, if we're being honest, no teams that deserve to make the playoffs. But Unfortunately, one of these lucky teams will get to go to the playoffs and lose in the in their first game. <laughs> so uh, that's that's where we're at right now with the division. But uh, we'll dive into that. You know, I do want to just go ahead and get this out the way. You know, remember to like and subscribe to the video, to the podcast. We're just out here to interact with the fellow fellow Philly fans, man. I hope you guys are all feeling the same way we are. Uh, we all go through this stuff together. There's no 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 reason in all this division in the fan base either, man. A lot of bickering. It seems to come out whenever we start losing a little bit. You know, the, the fan base dis- divides a little bit. And uh, there ain't no room for that in Philly, man. It's a city of brotherly love, and uh, it's time to act like it, man. Uh, yeah, remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with all your friends, all the Philly fans. I'm sure they'll love it because we are always bringing the hot takes. Um, yeah, and remember to follow me on Twitter at Scotty Drowned. You can also follow the sports page at ST Philly Sports One. That's on Instagram as well, as well as Facebook, Scotty Talks Philly Sports. You can follow my man Willie at Willie Da Vinci on IG and Twitter. Um, any edits, anything like that, hit them up, man. You see, you see the way my shit's edited. This shit is nice. So uh, yeah, check them out. Uh, give him, give him a follow and uh, check out that content, man. But uh, let's let's dig right into it. You know, this is gonna be semi quick episode. We we just want to touch on some things, you know, before before I head out to vacation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we just try to get the work in and then and then we play a little bit, right? Um, but uh, yeah, so so we'll dive right in, man. Um, big news, actually. So so today is Tuesday, just for perspective. Um, it was actually just on Twitter before we hopped on here and uh, the news, you know, which this is a little off base from the, the Steelers game, but, um, you know, Howie Roseman, apparently a report from Jeff McClain came out today. Um, he was on 97.5, the Fanatic, you know, kind of just um, given, given a report of, you know, Howie Roseman basically makes these decisions on who's active on, on game day. And uh, apparently it's, it's, formatted to where he should have these decisions in by Wednesday so they have ample practice time but it come come to realize it actually the coaches aren't finding out who's active on Howie Roseman's list until the weekend so they have no time to practice with the guys that are actually suiting up um so yeah I mean hard to say whether that that report is is true you know to a t we can't you you know it is a source at the end of the day we don't know for sure um that that's the way things goes there's a lot of rumors that float around the eagles all the time um but it's concerning if that is the case because howie roseman has no place to be making those decisions um we see by his draft day decisions he doesn't evaluate player player talent very well 
So why would he be making the decisions on who's active and who's practicing well during the week? He shouldn't be. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, you have to look at Doug and even Jim Schwartz, um, which I'm, I'm over Jim Schwartz. I think he needs to go. We need a new defensive coordinator in there. Bring some intensity back. Get that sticks defense out of this, out of the, off of this team now. Um, but uh, that's a whole other topic. They need to have some type of backbone, you know, to say to Howie, like, you're not making these decisions or I'm not coaching, literally. Because at the end of the day, Doug and, Doug and Jim Schwartz, reputations are on the line they're when the Eagles look bad they look bad Howie Roseman you know whatever we as fans know but from the outside world people don't blame that on Howie Roseman so um that's one thing that's all I really wanted to say about that we'll see if that comes you know with a little more facts in the coming days um of how that process actually goes I'm sure they'll be asking Howie asking Doug about it all week um so it'll be interesting interesting to see how that plays out um but yeah that's what's going to take away from if it's true. I'd rather know now because that just, just makes sense about a lot of things. Yeah, it would actually make sense, man. And, uh, you know, and at that point, Doug and Doug and Jim and, uh, you know, all those offensive coordinators that got there that they don't want to call offensive coordinators, um, they're all just sheep, you know, being led by Howie. And it, it, it's just really kind of weird. I've, I've never really seen anything like that. Um, obviously, you had the Bill O'Brien situation down there in Houston, which – it didn't work, obviously. Like it's not a good look. So um, I, I don't, I don't know about that, man. But uh, not a good look starting the week, you know, after a loss to the Steelers, you know, where a defense gave up thirty-eight points. That's just not a good look at all. Um, all those players we missed out on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Jesus. I, yeah, we we can go into that some other time. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of dive into the Steelers game. You know, some some talking points. Um. There were some good points. There were some bad points. What, what, what do you want to get into first, the good or the bad? I want to get into – maybe it's – I was going to say good, but I mean, good? It's, it's, it's good ideas because you, you were just saying bad news, Howie. Yeah, let's know, stick with the bad. Let's get all the bad yeah, out, and then we'll right. get to the good and have, have a better episode. Yeah, it's a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. So, you know, obviously you, you come out of the weekend 38 points. I mean – if you would have told me that we would have, that we were going to put up close to 30 points, we put up 29 points this weekend. If you'd have told me that going into the game, I would have said that we would have won. Um, I didn't think that our defense was that bad. Uh, obviously, I knew the linebackers were bad. Uh, they've been bad. Jerry is <laughs> once again. Buddy. <laughs> I want him off the team so bad, like just to make a point that nobody should be able to play like that. You know what I mean? It, it shouldn't be acceptable at all when you see it on the game tape. I just wonder what those, you know, those those practices, those, you know, those uh, film watching sessions with those linebackers, how that goes. When you see Nate Jerry, you know, the coach puts the red pointer up to the screen and Nate Jerry is just off in no man's land looking the opposite way of the football, but standing around nobody. I, I don't understand how this guy's on an NFL roster, uh, let alone the Eagles roster. Um, but it, it, it's it's getting old. I mean, we we watch it every week. And uh, Will, you were there with me, Make right? Shine. Yeah, yeah, right when you know the final the final Claypool touchdown, man. Will was right there with me. I said, "Oh my god, oh my god, Jerry is guarding the guy with three touchdowns today." It, it's a recipe for failure. It was the kiss of death. And, uh, you know, immediately Ben saw it, changed the play, 
boom, straight up the field. It was a fly route, and somehow Nate Jerry's stumbling. Um, lost once again, no help, which that's the scheme. Um, <laughs> not much else you could say about it. I mean, bad coaching for him to be in that situation in the first place. He shouldn't even be on the field, let alone guarding the guy with three touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, here we are. We're uh, sitting here with a loss. We had a rookie score four touchdowns on us in one game. Um, career day, I mean, it's probably the best game of his life, like, that he'll ever have. And, and that's nothing against Chase Claypool. He, he seems like a really good player, obviously. Um, but it's hard to beat four touchdowns. What's he going to do, score five? I mean, I, it, it's, it's hard to beat that. That's anybody's career day. But that's what we've been handing out recently. Um, career days, you know – Starts with Claypool, then you go back to Kittle, 183 receiving yards, 10 receptions. That's ridiculous. That's close to 200 yards. And then you, uh, then you, then you go back to the Bengals game. You had, you know, Tyler Boyd. He was out there with close to 150 receiving yards. Uh, Higgins with two touchdowns in that game. Then you go back to the Rams. You got Higby catching three touchdowns. So, I mean, it just doesn't stop. I, and it's clear where all the production is coming. It's coming from the middle of that field where those linebackers are. And, and it's, it's disgusting to watch. Um, right I thought, you're right. You're so sure. yeah, it's, it's right in the middle of the field. I mean, Boyd is a slot receiver. Claypool was playing out of the slot. Um, you know, Higby and Kittle, obviously their tight ends are in the middle of the field. Um, it, it's, it's never ending right now. And, and that is the one thing from that game that's, that's concerning. I mean, I, I took a lot of positives from, from the game. I told Will, you know, Leaving this game, I felt better about the team than I did leaving the San Fran win. Uh, I mean, San Fran was beat up. We Our offense didn't play well. We played just good enough to win. Um, and, and we needed, you know, three turnovers from the defense to put up 18 points on offense. So that wasn't a good look coming out of the San Fran game, but uh, a win's a win. And, and you know, you come out of the Steelers game, we were able to put up 29 points. That's great. But you gave up 38, man. The defense laid an egg. And, uh, you know, you, you just can't deny it. I mean, it, it seems like every team comes out and it's like they know exactly what to do to our defense. It, it's so clear. Yeah. And, you know, I was sitting here at the beginning of the season. I remember we was on the, on the podcast, man. And we were sitting here wondering, you know, why is Doug Peterson, you know, number 10 on the coaches list? Yeah, I was going to say about Sean today. Uh, yeah. And we were, we were talking about, you know, he should be ahead of Kyle Shanahan. He should be ahead of, you know, Sean McVay. Should he? I mean, I don't know. that Their offenses look like fine-tuned machines. I mean – this could go right back to Huey, though, like, we don't know. But yeah, right back to Howie, though, you know what I mean? For all we know, Doug could be a puppet at this point. So who, who knows with that situation? But um, it just seems like, you know, Big Ben, they come out with this play, you know, this playbook. Big Ben's getting the ball out quick. He's making one read slant quick. And it was all game. And it, and it killed us. It killed us. And they had our number. And, um, you know, it seems to be the, the, the going theme. Uh, from week to week, you know, quick, quick release that, cause that neutralizes our pass rush, which, you know, we, we only had one sack in that entire game. So yeah. kind of shows you what it did to the pass rush. It was totally non-effective, which uh, they were raising hell, you know, on Wentz in that first half, at least. Uh, I know, um, man, what was that dude's name? Oh, I can't remember the defensive lineman from the Steelers. He's a, oh, to it, Stephon to it, my bad. But uh, yeah, he got that crucial sack in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I, the defense, the defensive line was disappointing. 
Um, we were able to get one turnover, the, the forced fumble by Duke Riley on Eric Ebron. Um, of course, LeBlanc is always in the right place at the right time. you got to continue to get that guy some snaps. Um, going forward, hopefully we get Will Parks back. You know, he can solidify. You don't have to have the linebacker out there in pass coverage as much. Um, which that, that could be a huge help. Uh, but that's obviously if he can stay healthy. You know what I mean? It, a lot of these guys get injured, they come back, get injured again. That's why it's always one thing or another. <laughs> one thing or the offense. other, bro. Um, good defense, man. So that's, that's my main concern. And I, and I guess, you know, that's most of the bad. I, I, I guess we touched on the defense. So we'll kind of just go defense offense here. Cause I think the positives came on offense, but there were a couple negatives there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but the main thing, main takeaway from the defense, you know, from this segment I want to be is, you know, going forward, what do we do at the linebacker position? This is something that needs to be asked because as a fan, I, I can't sit here and watch this. You know what I mean? It's painful when you can see when me as a, as a fan or, you know, even a podcast host, yeah, sure, I analyze the game. I try to see every detail, whatever the case may be. I played football when I was younger. I'm still a casual fan. I'm not, I'm not a coach. I'm, I'm not a scout for the Eagles. But I'm sitting at home on my couch. I'm not even out there on the field. And I see Nate Jerry lined up against the guy with three touchdowns. I don't care what the guy's name is. I know it's Chase Claypool. I don't care what his name is. He has three touchdowns. Nate Jerry shouldn't be guarding him, period. And uh, for me to diagnose that before the play happens and know that that game's over before that play is even snapped, that, that should say something to the coaching staff and to the GM. You know, this isn't working. I, I mean, we've neglected the linebacker position, you know, since Jordan Hicks left. Uh, you know, Jim Schwartz likes to bring up the, the Nigel Bradham extension. Nigel Bradham was terrible last year, but I would still rather have him here right now than Nate Jerry. And you guys let him walk. So I, I, that's no longer something you can say, Jim. Um, Jordan Hicks is prospering over there in Arizona, hasn't been injured since he left Philly. So, you know, a lot of people were clamoring, saying, oh, we would never pay him that money. Maybe we should have because it obviously worked out for Arizona. They have a really good linebacker in Jordan Hicks. Um, that's another argument for another day. My main concern is just going forward, what do we do at this linebacking position? I mean, what do we do, man? the players Kayvon, all that, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, throw Kayvon in there, you know, we get him some more snaps. We got to get Epps off the field, man. Got to get him off the field, dude. I mean, there's just guys that just don't belong in an NFL roster, especially starting. Like, come on. You know, these experiments, get over them. It's, it's time to move on. Nate Jerry, it is – it's over. You know, for me, it's over. I, and I'm not – Dude, I'm not I'm not one that will like truly disrespect, you know, players on my own team, but like, dude, you you suck. Like you are some goddamn shit. Like hot garbage. You know what I mean? Like it's not even a joke. You know what I mean? To the point where you are the reason, and I'm talking to Nathan Jerry, literally, you are the reason that game days are miserable by the end of Sunday. Literally, every week we watch you blow a coverage. Get lost on defense. Let a wide receiver, you know, a wide receiver sweep go by you. It's you every week. We can point at you. Everybody wants to point at Wentz, at the offense, at Doug. But in reality, if Nate Jerry could just make one goddamn play in his life, we might not have some of these losses, literally. 
I, like I, I can't say that you know harsh enough. Uh, we'll let it there. I won't mention Nathan Jerry on my show again. Uh, he doesn't deserve the screen time. I mean, if, if the Eagles don't get it by now, they won't. And, and there's no point in us to keep addressing it. He sucks. I mean, do something, <laughs> get, get over it. Get over it, man. <laughs> um, so let's move away from Nate Jerry. Uh, you know, throw him off the screen. Um, now we can take from the offense. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the offense. Um, I'll let you go first. What What did you see out of the offense? I know there's some obvious ones in there. What well, are you most excited about? I want to talk about it first. Is Miles Sanders. The fact that we still don't know what's good with Miles Sanders even from the last game. It's the same thing I asked him. Like, is he it's all exhausted right now? What's he doing? What's is, is it does playmaking? Who knows? <laughs> he got that one excellent catch, and outside of that, he didn't produce anything after that. It was amazing. Like, yeah. I'm glad he got that, but you know, yeah, that was and, very uh, questionable to me. I'm like, what's going on? To your point, you know, he got the the 74 yard, you know, sweep uh, on third down. Definitely, you know, threw me off. I thought that was a very good play yeah, call awesome. by Doug. Uh, definitely threw threw off the defense on the third and nine. You know, a running play, and um, yeah, I, I I was confused. I mean, you know, you go throughout the game. Obviously, it it seemed like Wentz got in a groove there, so they were kind of riding his hand, but um. You know, you still got to implement the run. I know we were playing from behind. You got to find ways. I mean, so you you could argue that Zach Ertz is the best offensive weapon, but I in my in my mind, I think Miles Sanders is our most valuable skill skill position player. I mean, he can do everything at the running back position. So you know, when you get to the box score at the end of the game and you're you're looking over the stats, and mind you, box scores can be misleading sometimes. But I mean, touches aren't misleading. He only got 13 touches. And, uh, you know, after a 74-yard explosive run, the most explosive play that we've seen since last year when he had the explosive run against the Buffalo Bills up the middle, it's the last play we've seen like that. So, as a coach, what makes you go away from him? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm confused. I, 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 we've heard about the fatigue. You mentioned it. Is, is he exhausted? You know, the 74-yard run. Did that just take all his juice? I mean, is that it was the first quarter. <laughs> like, yeah. Makes me want to get a running back, you know, another running back just in case. Yeah, I mean, we – not showing up either. And we talked about this before the season started. And, you know, once again, I hate to toot my own horn, but people were calling me crazy for thinking we needed a backup running back. But it was exactly for reasons like this. And whatever the case may be that Miles can't handle the load right now, and how they were blowing our heads up, you know, Miles being the feature back. And and I'm not disrespecting Miles Sanders because I think he is a feature back. But he's not being used like it for whatever reason, whether it's injuries, uh, exhaustion, fatigue, whatever the case may be. Um, we could use another running back right now. And it's obvious they don't trust Corey Clement. He can't pass block. He's, he's slow. He looks – he just doesn't look like an NFL player anymore. Yeah. Once again, Corey Clement, love you. We'll, we'll always respect you for that Super Bowl performance, but you know we got to cut these love these love stories. You know this romance that we have with certain players. It, it, when they're not producing, you're not producing. Look, you got to read the dotted line. Like it, it is what it is. And uh, Boston Scott, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of Boston Scott actually, but you know he's not a guy that is built to come in and even get you know 10 to 15 carries on a regular basis. 
which if you're if you're only giving Miles 13 carries, then that's what Boston Scott would have to be. So we should have been brought in, you know, another another running back, uh, a veteran, preferably guy like Carlos Hyde. You know, uh, we had Devontae Freeman out there. Uh, Lamar Miller's a guy that's still out there. Uh, there. There's a couple guys out there that we had an opportunity and we could have brought in and we just didn't, you know, Leonard Fournette, whatever the case may be. Um, didn't address it. People call me crazy. Miles is the guy. If not, Boston can handle it. Well, how are they handling it? What's going on then? You guys tell me what's going on, please. Um, but no, it, it is what it is. I, I think it's too late to go the route of trying to find a backup now. I mean, mostly what's left is, is just young, unproven guys. So, I mean, we, we got plenty of those on the squad. We may as well just run through them and see what's good. Um, yeah, I mean, it is worrying. Speaking, I mean, of, uh, speaking of guys that are proving themselves, though. Yeah. Paul. Yeah, yeah, good good segue there, Will. Uh, honestly, I uh, was done with the running back conversation, man. I mean, it is what it is. Whatever's going on with Miles is what it is. I, I, I don't even know. I uh, just hope it improves, and I hope we use it more going forward. Yeah. Um, Travis Fulgham, man. It was the Travis Fulgham show. Speaking of people that are just shining. Shining. I mean, you, you look at the first week that he's available. Um, I was wondering, you know, would, would he get involved? You know, I never heard of this guy uh, before la- that last week's game against San Fran. And, uh, you know, two catches, 47 yards, 42-yard bomb, you know, for the for uh, a clutch touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, and then you come out against this Pittsburgh defense, which, you know, I had Connor on the show last week, and, and we were talking about, you know, how we thought Pittsburgh – had, you know, one of the best, if not the best defense in the NFL. And uh, to that point, you know, not only just fooled them, but our offense was moving on that defense. Yeah. And uh, that, that was really reassuring, yes. which we'll get into that. But um, Travis Fulgham, man, I, I don't know. He is a uh, – he, distinctly, he distinctly reminds me of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the way he's built and his abilities – it's exactly what they were preaching to us that Jay Jaw was supposed to be when we drafted him. Right. Except Travis Fulgham is him. So it is, it's so weird. Um, you come out of this uh, week five matchup with the Steelers. He's the highest graded receiver of the week. And uh, you just wonder how a, a guy that was just cut by who, what the Detroit Lions or the, or the Green Bay Packers, I, I can't remember which team, um, just cut by them. And, uh, he comes to our team and he's our leading receiver. So I, I think that kind of shows where our receiving group is yeah. um, as well as player development uh, as far as the coaches. Um, is he, I mean, he's wide receiver one right now. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, Wentz targeted him 13 times on Sunday. Um, obviously you ride the hot hand, but I mean, 13 times that speaks a lot to Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz gets specific guys that he trusts. Like it's obvious he trusts, yeah. I think that trust is is hanging by a thin thread with uh, Zach Ertz. I think it is hanging there. I don't know if that is is strong anymore. Yeah. Um, Greg Ward, he's still got that trust there. Um, that's about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it looks like Travis Fulgham has become one of those guys as well. Uh, Goddard's another guy that wins trust, but obviously he's not there. Um, but Travis Fulgham, man, he he looked like the complete package. I mean, he's big. Uh, he's fast. He 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 was catching contested balls. I mean, it's it's harder. It's it, there's no other way to put it except that he is what Jay Joel is supposed to be. Like 
So, I mean, this brings up, and we'll talk about this in, in a quick second, because I do want to say this uh, about Carson Wentz and Travis Fulgham. Um, there was a lot of discussion, you know, in, in, the, in the later weeks of, you know, Carson Wentz, he doesn't like throwing contested uh, passes. He doesn't like throwing jump balls. That's why him and Alshon doesn't get, don't get along. That's why him and Jay Jaw don't have great chemistry. Um, he put that to rest this week. I mean, those, those catches to Fulgham, those passes – were contested, most of them. And uh, Fulgham was making the catches, and Carson was putting the ball on the money. And uh, that can't go unnoticed. So I, I want to put that to rest. You know, we, we always try to create these narratives about wins, you know, these agendas. And it, we got to let that shit go. Um, it, it's just not – it's not healthy as a fan, honestly. It, it's weird. Wins <laughs> um, is also slowly getting that rhythm back. He's getting that rhythm. Slowly, and I'm starting to see I'm starting to, like – Feel great again. Yeah, he's getting that rhythm back, and uh, we'll 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 actually touch on that next. Um, but the what I wanted to get to about Travis Fulgham, and uh, it, it's something I've been wondering since I started to see that game play out. You know, with Alshon and Deshaun Jackson coming back uh, soon, Jalen Rager he should be back. You know, in the coming weeks, maybe after the bye week, whatever. Yeah. Um, Quez Watkins just got activated. Obviously, we still got John Hightower, Greg Ward. Um, you know, so we got we got numerous guys at that wide receiver position. So I'm like, obviously at this point, and especially if Fulgham has another game against the Ravens this week, there's no way you can put that guy on the practice squad or, or you know, cut him. There's yeah. no way. Fans will be livid. I mean, it would be idiotic after the production that he's had. That's the most production from a receiver that I've seen in, I, I feel like, two years. Since, no, honestly, since Deshaun Jackson last season. <laughs> the, 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 the home opener, literally. Um, seriously, though, he's the one that's been putting the show. He finally made us like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, he brings excitement to the team. It, it's amazing. Honestly, I haven't felt excitement on offense like that all season, literally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it kind of brings up the question, you know, if Travis Fulgham stays, who goes? Um, you have Deshaun out there, the, you know, Deshaun and Alshon, who will be gone next season. Why do, why do you waste, you know, time, especially if this turns into a rebuild year, you know, a couple more losses and we're in rebuild mode, unfortunately. Um, so you have to wonder, you know, who's expendable? I mean, do you, do you obviously you probably move Quez Watkins down to the practice squad. Um, you get guys like Deontay Burnett, obviously not on the squad. Um, Greg Ward's going to be on the squad. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon, you know how these these Eagles coaches and, and GM love to lean on these veterans that are just always injured and we're paying a lot of money instead of, you know, uh, allowing our, our young products to grow. So um, they'll be on the team. Uh, so you have to wonder, it, it's going to come down to, uh, you know, uh, Jay Jaw and Travis Fulgham, uh, and and I think Jay Jaw could be a victim here. Yeah. You know, it, there's no so way you can keep him over Fulgham. Yeah, yeah, Hightower too. I mean, Hightower, Hightower is it, at least I, I know people were getting on Hightower this weekend about his performance. Yeah, man, and and you know he's getting all these comparisons to Nelson Aguilar, whatever. <laughs> Hightower at least shows he can get open. Yeah, I mean he's fast, and and he'll get the. You would hope that he would get the, the deep ball tracking skills down. Um, obviously, had a, a couple of lapses in that this this weekend, especially that one in the end zone at the half. Uh, that was oh man, that was right on the money. That was that, that was probably Wentz's best thrown ball this season, literally. And uh, he he just missed out. He he, well, he looked like Aguilar for sure. Um, but 
you know, at least he can get open. He has speed. Um, his hands have looked a little questionable so far, but I, I imagine that's all nervousness. Yeah. Chemistry. He, he didn't get a training camp. It's not a normal, you know, he didn't get a preseason games, none of that. And uh, what people have to remember is that he was a fifth-round draft pick. So there's a reason he was in the fifth round, you know what I mean? Like, he obviously needs some development. Mm -hmm. But um, just look at the positives. At the end of the day, if you compare him to Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar was a first-round draft pick. So it, it says more about Aguilar than it does Hightower if you're comparing them to. Like, obviously, Aguilar was a failure. Like, that doesn't make Hightower a failure, if anything. If he could turn out like Aguilar – that's actually a success for a fifth-round product, honestly. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to put that to rest. So I'm glad you brought up Hightower, honestly. Yeah. I was about to forget about him for real. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that <laughs> he, up. because uh, can't it, be forgettable. Yeah, yeah it, he's not, not forgettable in, yeah. in a bad way because I did see some bright stuff from him. Uh, obviously, the, the play at the end of the half where he didn't go out of bounds, he should have went out of bounds. It's a rookie mistake. Can't fault him for that. We, right. we rely too much on rookies this season. Let's be real. Exactly. Um, I'm just trying to see him play because we ain't exactly. got nothing. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, you heard it here first. If if it comes down to, to J-Jaw and Tra Travis Fulgham, I mean, you have to go Travis Fulgham, unfortunately. You have to cut ties with that second-round pick. Mm -hmm. And you got to, you know, accept that you messed that up, Howie. Yeah. <laughs> you did that. Because uh, if you were deciding between DK Metcalf and Travis Fulgham, I think I know what the choice would be. But we're not there. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end the wide receiver talk there. Um, honestly, just good stuff, though, from the wide receiver group. Yeah. Um, to be fair to J-Jaw, I mean, he had a great block on that Miles Sanders run. He was down the field blocking. So I'll give him credit there. He is a decent blocker for a wide receiver. Um, also had a nice catch at the end of the half. Finally showed the hands, you know, the jump ball ability, but obviously uh, didn't amount to anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bright spots out of the wide receiver group. Um, Zach Ertz leaves some, some, something to be desired, uh, which I, I, I actually dig into that with Sam on a, on a later episode here this week and uh, with Sam Wagman. And uh, I'll, I'll touch on that. We'll dive into what's going on with Zach Ertz. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. He just looks like a guy that isn't interested in playing for the Eagles. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, let's dig into Wentz, man. Uh, honestly, somebody I'm excited about, uh, I, I will start out with the negative. At the end of the day, we just need a game, and especially this would be a good week to do it against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Just have a game where you don't turn the ball over once. And, um, you know, he had the two interceptions against the Steelers, two interceptions that I don't think were his fault. But at the end of the day – it's still on your stat sheet. It's yeah. still two turnovers, and it still happens. So we, we just don't need that this week. I mean, we, we got to go a couple weeks without some turnovers for once. And uh, you, you look at, at this season, I mean, Wentz has thrown an, at least one interception every game. Um, I believe he's thrown two interceptions in four out of the five games. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's not very good. Um, obviously, the two interceptions this week, uh, the first one being the one, you know, directed towards Zach Ertz, which, you know, when we yeah. saw that in live time, we were like, yo, what, did, what the hell? What, where is Wentz throwing that to? Like, is this, is this what we're dealing with this game too? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they run the replay back and you see Zach Ertz get bumped off his route. Like, a, I hate to say it, like a bitch, like this dude got bumped off his route. Like, like, like he's just some pushover, you know, 
a top three tight end doesn't get bumped off his route like that. I'm sorry. And um, and and that's what kind of sparked my my thoughts. And I know it sparked yours. I know it sparked everybody that we watched the game with that day. You know, Zach Ertz doesn't want to be here in Philadelphia. And as much as I love him and respect him and, you know, want him to succeed, as much as I wanted him to be here, me and Connor touched on it. He's gone after the season anyways. Yeah. Um, but it looks like he's already exited the building exactly. in, in reality. So, um, yeah, I doesn't have a heart anymore. Yeah, mind you, like he is getting crowded. Everyone knows the block. Zach hurts, but still. Yeah, no, there's no excuses, man. You you think Kittle doesn't get double teamed? You think exactly. Kelsey don't get double teamed? I mean, these guys get double teamed. I know they got talent around them, but you know Zach hurts supposed to be our best skill position, skill player. They can play one reception for six yards. I mean, that's that's not winning no football games, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wentz. I, I mean, and then you have the late interception from Wentz. Well, he's just trying to make a play. It was like fourth down. Just yeah. throws up a hail mary. So I, I don't fault him on that either. Um, which even on that play, you saw some some mediocre tracking uh, ball tracking skills from John Hightower. Uh, yeah. But we won't even get into that. I mean, it is what it is. It was it was a play that he's not supposed to make. I would say. Right. Um, but Wentz, man, you, you starting to see him, you know, he's getting out of the pocket, he's moving around, he's starting to make those magical plays with his legs, he's, you know, dinking and, and diving underneath tacklers, and, uh, you finally started to see him go down the field this week, and, uh, you, you finally saw him connect with a wide receiver, and Travis Fulgham, as we talked about earlier, 13 targets, 10 catches, 152 yards, touchdown, I mean, Greg Ward was out there. He had a touchdown. I mean, Wentz, Wentz was doing his thing. I mean, it, it, it just I – don't, I don't know, man. It, he's got to cut those turnovers. But you look at these last two games, I mean, he has balled out aside from literally those two, those two turnovers. Right. So, um, I, I, it, it'll be interesting, you know, to see how he moves forward. Uh, you pointed it out earlier. It seems like Wentz is getting into a rhythm. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going into another week where Wentz – he can have a big day. I mean, they aren't some world beaters. I mean, Ravens have a good defense. Don't get me wrong, but um, they have been exposed this season. I don't. I don't think they're as good as Pittsburgh's defense. Um, Wentz is still, and, and still, even with the, you know their def- any defense, he's still blocking them. You know, diving them, doing all these crazy stuff. He still's got it. It's good to see. You yeah, know I mean? he's 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 got the heart, that, and that's that's the main thing you you want to see from him. Um, but he's also just getting that passing rhythm back. You're starting to see some exactly. more accurate passes. Uh, he just seems like he's getting, you know, a little hot. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to throw <laughs> that out there too soon, because um, obviously he still had three interceptions in the last two games. So um, take it, take it with a grain of salt. I was telling you about that about Fogel too. Like we don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I like him, but uh, you know, you never know, man. You just yeah, never know. There's a reason this guy, you know, was available. So you always got to keep that in mind. But um, you hope that it's a it's a diamond in the rough. Um, so yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz got to cut the turnovers. You hope that he can have a game where you know not so many turnovers, no turnovers this this week against Baltimore. Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta feed Miles Sanders. We 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 know that. I mean, that it's gotta be a point this weekend. You yeah. gotta feed Miles Sanders. If not, then we know something's up. You know what I mean? If it continues, we know something's up. Yeah. Or I mean, I hate to say it, but do the Eagles not believe in him? I, I don't know. It seemed like they thought the world of him before the season. 
that's true, man. But um, I guess, you know, we'll kind of close out the, the, the episode with this segment. Um, obviously, you know, well, actually, two more, two more topics. I take that back. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just wanted to, one, you know, kind of just take an outlook at the future. Obviously, I have the, the Ravens preview coming out later this week. But um, just kind of wanted to take a, a general look at the future. You know, it seems like every time one part of the team gets going, then another team, you know, develops a new hole or, you know, just goes down the, the, down the toilet. Right. Um, so, you know, you looked at last week against San Fran where the defense has three turnovers, you know, five sacks, uh, right after an eight-sack game against Cincinnati. Right. Um, and then, you know, the, the offense struggled against San Fran. They struggled against San Cincinnati. So then, you know, you get to this week, you finally see the offense score. We put up four touchdowns, you know, got up into the upper 20s. And uh, toe to toe, too. toe to toe, man. And you know the the defense lays an egg, and um, it's just it, it's kind of worrisome. You know what I mean? Because now it seems like the offense is fixed, but the defense is struggling. So it's just like this constant thing. And uh, I, I think we've already touched on it, but the big thing with the defense is that you know there's no Jeremiah Trotter walking through that door. You know, it, it, there's nobody walking through that door to save this team. Yeah at the linebacker position and uh it's worrisome it's not an easy hole to fix but uh i swear on everything there has to be an undrafted free agent out there that is better than nate jerry i'm sorry i mentioned his name (laughs) yeah but uh you know that's kind of the worry going forward we'll see how it works out against the ravens obviously very dangerous quarterback in lamar jackson we'll see i think we match up well against them you know we're good run defense for the most part but we will see because that, that is highly reliant on the linebackers. We're looking at Jim Schwartz, man. Yeah, Jim Schwartz is on the bubble, man. And, I always uh, defend Jim Schwartz. That's just I, crazy. I wasn't a defender of him. I just I, – I never thought, you know, oh, fire Jim Schwartz up yeah. until this season, honestly. But um, – and, and, you know, I, I, I did give him credit for the Super Bowl, even though he let Tom Brady go all the way off. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it's it seems like it's coming to an end for him, especially. Uh, but but a lot of guys, depending on how this season goes, and uh, it's kind of you know we'll we'll see how everything gets around the trade deadline. You know, the Eagles get really weird. How he's how he does weird things sometimes. Sometimes it works out. You know, so maybe there'll be buyers at the trade deadline get us a excuse me a linebacker in here and uh, help us out a little bit. I mean, it, it's hard to. It's hard to predict the future when a team is so inconsistent. And, and, you know, it's just always something. You know what I mean? Whether it's Carson turning the ball over or Nate Jerry getting lost in the defense. I'm sorry for bringing it up again. Um, But (laughs) hopefully the defensive line can step up. That's definitely our strong suit on defense. I I saw Darius Slay was entered into the concussion protocol. Um, hopefully he clears that, you know, gets ready by, uh, by the game on, on Sunday. He's still coming um, too, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's CB1 for sure. That's, that's the guy, man, definitely. Jalen Mills, man, might be time to move on for him too. I'm, I'm tired that. of that, them pass interferences in the end zone and shit. Yeah, man. Uh, he's definitely not outside corner. We move back to safety, do whatever you need to do, uh, whatever. Yeah. Will Parts, they said he's coming back soon. That'll be interesting. He should help out with that linebacking core, uh, hopefully get them off of the field on passing downs. Um, 
Final segment, obviously, I, I said we were going to touch on it a little bit, just kind of the state of the uh, division. Yeah. But in reality, what I'm really saying is, you know, the Dak Prescott injury um, changes the landscape, in, in my opinion. I, I honestly think at this point, you know, the Cowboys, I know their defense is horrid. I mean, it's, it's disgusting. But that offense is stacked, and they put up big points. And, and, and I promise you – in my beliefs, I know the Eagles could beat the Cowboys, but in reality, I think they were the better team when Dak was on the field. Um, now that he's not on the field, I don't believe that. Uh, I think the Eagles are the better team, and I think they will actually take the division from Dallas because of this, um, especially because of this, I should say. Um, but I, I, did, I do just want to talk about the Dak uh, injury. How, how did you feel once you saw that thing live? When man? I saw it live, I – <laughs> it was mixed emotions because it was more like it, it was like you know you don't want that for anybody. Yeah, of course you don't want that. But then in my eyes, I'm also thinking like yeah, the Cowboys look. They, I thought they lasted. I, I, I even thought the Giants were going to win the game. Yeah, yeah. So then, and then you know Cowboys win and all, and then I'm like, okay, cool. But I do see the division now also us being a top even more. I mean, when I when I walk into a matchup, would I, would I rather play Andy Dalton or would I rather play Dak Prescott? I'd rather play Andy Dalton, obviously. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, I, I will start out by saying, you know, Dak, uh, I, I wish you a speedy recovery, brother. Yeah. Um, I, I know this dude is a quarterback for the team that, you know, we probably hate the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not really his fault. He didn't, he didn't draft himself there. Um, He's a good dude. He's, he's gone through a lot in his life, you know, between losing his mother and losing his brother, you know, to suicide. I mean, this guy's been through a lot, and, and you kind of saw it on his face when he's leaving the field there, you know, just in tears. I mean, he held, you know, he, he's been trying to get this extension with Dallas. You know, Jerry Jones has been just being Jerry Jones, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it was kind of just like a – a spit in it, spit in his face moment for him to, you know, break his ankle there. And, you know, he's just going off the field and you just have to wonder what he's thinking about. Cause you know, he, he seems like a guy that leaves it all in the field, but you know, that has to be, your future has to be in the back of your mind in that yeah. situation. And you almost just wonder if Jerry's just sitting up there laughing like Jerry does, you know, thinking like, Oh, haha, I was right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. I, like, yes, I knew yeah, it. Yeah, so, it should have paid yeah. It, it, and so I, I do want to start it out with that, you know, just by saying, you know, speedy recovery to Dak. Mm-hmm. Um, very good dude, very good person in general. It's not all about football. It's not all about the Cowboys and Eagles. Um, so I do wish him a speedy recovery. But to Cowboys fans, I do want to say karma is a B word. Because you guys sat there and you laughed and you made jokes about Wentz for the last – three or so years making fun of injuries, making fun of things that players can't control their body, ligaments, tearing concussions, ankles, breaking. Those are things that players can't control. Injuries are uncontrollable. They happen. And that's, that's the cynical part of this, of of what went down. And uh, you know, that's, that's the world coming full circle for Cowboys fans because you sat there and you made jokes, which I'm not going to sit here and make any jokes. All I'm going to say is that karma, it, it comes back around and it works in mysterious ways. And uh, I hope it makes you guys better fans so that you wouldn't make fun of people for injuries. Um, 
I, I do just want to throw that out there. Uh, you know, I, I saw Cowboys fans coming and Eagles fans. I didn't see any Eagles fans making jokes, honestly. Same. I really didn't. Um, but I, I see Cowboys fans coming at Eagles fans about your quarterback getting injured. Keep it within your fan base. Don't worry about us. We're not talking about it other than wishing him well. So didn't understand that. Um, and then, you know, funny thing is you pull up a lot of these guys, old tweets. They made jokes about Wentz, wheelchair Wentz, uh, you know, making making jokes about his, his newborn daughter. I mean, stuff isn't cool, and, and and it's never it's never funny to joke joke about somebody's health. I mean, regardless of football, basketball, any sport, any way of life, it's not funny. So, um, we'll kind of just end the show on that note. You know, Cowboys yeah. fans, you know, what goes around comes around. But uh, Dak, wish you a speedy recovery. Yeah. Um, Eagles division to lose, in my opinion. I, honestly, I, I don't I don't care what people think. Um, Eagles division to lose. This is a big game on Sunday. Yeah. As much as I say it's Eagles division to lose, all it takes is two or three more losses, and we may be in full rebuild mode. Yeah. Um, just depends, you know, on the Cowboys' trajectory uh, from here on forward. Uh, we play the Ravens. Hopefully we get this dub this weekend, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm feeling positive. I, I feel I good. And uh, I'm not going to give my, my prediction till later in the week, but um, – think I'm feeling an Eagles dub. I did pick the Steelers last week on, on my pod. I ended up changing it on Sunday. You know, get those those jitters as game day bugs. We got to kill offensively again. Yeah, we, we got to make it happen. He is not being reliable. Like, oh, yeah. We gotta the, the one thing about that, and I won't dig too much into it, you know, into the Ravens and stuff, but Lamar Jackson isn't Big Ben, and Big Ben isn't Lamar Jackson for, for sure, but uh, – Lamar Jackson isn't nearly, you know, the accurate of passer as Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben was getting that thing out in three seconds or less. I, I mean, it, there was no time for our pass rush to get there. Yeah. Um, and that was game plan, you know. And, and the Ravens will try something similar with Lamar and, and uh, Mark Andrews. But uh, Lamar just isn't nearly the uh, throwing quarterback that Big Ben is. And uh, I think I think we can take advantage of that and make them one-dimensional, hopefully. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. We'll get into that later this week. Uh, but, yeah, man, any any final notes before we hop off here, man? Yeah, I mean, see you next game. Hopefully we get this done, man. Get this done, man. I'll be in Colorado, you know, enjoying my time there. <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely be watching, analyzing per have, usual, man. I'm going to have to log the link. <laughs> something, something, man. Hey, man, fans back at the link yeah, this weekend. Yeah, That's know, exciting man. stuff, you know. So uh, hopefully that'll give them an extra spark as well, man. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty exciting. Definitely gonna have to get to one of these games. <laughs> They're right. expensive as hell. <laughs> but uh, anything can happen on Sundays, man. That's gonna be it for the show, guys. Uh, remember to check us out on Twitter. Obviously, my uh, my handle is at Scotty Drowned on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the sports page at ST Philly Sports One on Twitter and Instagram. Scotty Talks Philly Sports on Facebook. Follow my man Willie Willie Da Vinci. Check out all his content. He does a lot of different edits, a lot of different stuff, and he's got a great handle on it, man. You can check out all of my stuff. Look through my episodes. You'll see you'll see the different things he can do. Yeah. Um, Try to win this Darius Slay jersey. Yeah, yeah man. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We only need what? A couple more, couple more subscriptions? More. Like 10 more subscriptions. And uh, we'll give that Slay jersey out. Um, definitely let your friends know. Let Philadelphia fans know. Um, 
you know, as we progress through this, I'll definitely be touching on some more nationwide type things, but uh, definitely a Philly sports podcast. Let your friends in Philly know. And uh, Philly fans, come join the fun. You know, let's get interactive and make this make this great. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to the show. As always, it's always appreciated. It's much love to you, Philadelphia. And uh, go Birds. Go Birds. <laughs>